Bad on Bears fans, the week comes to a conclusion, but the news does not stop with the Chicago Bears. And we got the good kid here, John Yerkovich, to react to all of it. How you feeling, kid? You I'm feeling good. You good today? A yeah, little Friday fantastic. action? Friday. Friday's a great day. What's Friday? a Friday night like for the Friday. good kid right now? Uh, Where's t- the vibes I got at? the daughters coming back from school, so oh, okay. um, I'll, be, right. I'll be cooking some uh, vittles and stuff, so it'll be a... Uh, Night at the house, making sure that uh, everything is set for the little dish that I'm going to have prepared. So, and it's the first Friday in Lent, so this meal that I'm cooking tonight is actually for tomorrow. Mm. So I'll probably pick some fish up, you know, some lake perch, and uh, we'll we'll have some fun at the house tonight. All right, sounds like a good time. Can never go wrong with a little fun at the house. I'm no. a homebody guy. Yeah, I'm a homebody guy. Me I like too. to sit in the house. Liquor's cheaper. I used to the be a food is cheaper guy forever. Yeah, <laughs> everything's good. You don't spend no money at home. Well, there's a couple of guys who the Bears let go. Uh, there may be homebody guys coming up. I don't. I don't think that for real. I think Bojack probably gets back in the league. Cody might be, might be his time though. But the Bears making some moves yesterday to free up some cap space. We got to start there. What were your thoughts when you saw Eddie Jackson and Cody Whitehair cut yesterday? I think Cody was expected more so than anybody. But Bojack did not have a great showing last season football-wise. Well, anytime your contract gets up there in the money and the play doesn't uh, signify or relate with where the money's at at that point, uh, then you've got to make adjustments. Those two names that were released yesterday were not a shock to me. They weren't surprising at all. Matter of fact, going into the end of the season, you're looking, okay, where are you going to be able to find your funds? Uh, six, nine, obviously we're going to stay 33. You've got to pay. So that money that you've got for, um, Eddie Jackson, who had a pro bowl career ended yep. up signing a contract extension, deserved the money that he got. But at the end of the day, he wasn't playing to the level, uh, that he had played too earlier in his career. And that's just the way the cookie crumbles in the NFL. Yep. So that money is going to be utilized for number 33. And, uh, he had one hell of a year. So congratulations to him. Yeah, twenty one point six million. Yeah, <laughs> just just slide that right over. Just well, you could have direct deposited right, it I, straight into his bank. You account. can do it any way you want, but yeah, Jalen Johnson's gonna is going to be the guy that that money's earmarked to. And uh, Cody White here, we all saw. You know, anytime you, you you're a skilled player, it's a law of diminishing returns. Yeah, you get up there, you do the rise, rise, rise. You plateau, you plateau. But when it starts to go bad, it goes bad fast. Yeah. And for Cody White here, that's where it ended up. It ended up going bad fast for him this year. So that's another, what, $14 million you get back there. Oh, yeah. So, I, I mean, that it, it all makes sense. There's nothing shocking that happened yesterday. Uh, you've got a young, 29 uh, your other corner. Uh, you know, Tyree like I Stevens. said, six yep. and nine. You got another uh, rookie corner that had to play this year Terrell because Smith, of injury. Yep. Yeah. So I, I think you're still set at the defensive back position, and you acquire young talent. You develop young talent, and then eventually when you've got to make decisions on guys that are highly paid, you – you make a decision on them. You move on from them. That's just the way the NFL works. Yeah. Uh, there should be other names in addition to this list that's already been out there. There should be other names or guys that are just going to, I guess, become free agents on March 13th. That hopefully uh, you get, you know, you get some some more cap relief. That way you can do some stuff in free agency, hopefully. You've got a wealth of uh, football history in that brain of yours. How mm-hmm. would you, where would you place the job that Ryan Poles has done in two years to position the Bears draft-wise and cap-wise. Now in two back-to-back drafts, he's got them top five in draft capital, top ten in draft capital, and top five in money in back-to-back years. I I, I guess the commitment to blow it up 
and the willingness to accept criticism from all the people that love Roquan Smith after yep. you had moved down from Roquan Smith. Uh, it's funny. Uh, you let, you know, you trade away Clo Mack. Nobody gives a rat's ass. <laughs> You know, 16 and a half sacks. Uh, yeah, he had six of those in one game or six so. of them in one it game. It's yeah. crazy. You know, you get that. <laughs> Who was he? Oh, uh, uh, Aiden O'Connell, wasn't it? Aiden yeah. O'Connell back there just died. somebody. <laughs> and so nobody cared about Chloe Mack leaving, but Roquan Smith, for one reason or another, everybody cried about. Yep. And uh, I don't think anybody complains about the linebacker play for the Chicago Bears, do they? No. I'd like to get more out of Edmonds. Uh, but between T.J. Edwards and Edmonds, I think you've got everything solidified. Uh, the area of concern for the Bears is the defensive line. The minute they got sweat here, they got the pass rush, all of a sudden everybody started playing better. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Now make some more improvements along your defensive line. Um, you know, get somebody in here that maybe can get to the quarterback from the three technique. I still think Dexter, if he develops in the offseason, could be that guy that gives you long-term pressure from the three technique. So, you know, we'll see about that. But somebody coming off that other end via the draft or via free agency, you know, whatever direction you go, that's fine. So that's one area. So he committed to blowing the thing up yep. and com- committed to saying the hell with it all. Oh, we're going to lose. And then he made – the trade that was the most important trade he made was the moving down and acquiring more. That's why he finds himself in the position that he's at. He gets DJ Moore. He moves down. He gets the tackle that he wants. Um, he gets a pick this year. Yep. So all that stuff ends up working out because you're willing to blow it up. And then you're willing to make a move. His only bad, pitiful uh, move was J- Chase Claypool. Claypool. And his drafting of wide receivers has kind of been terrible. Yes. And maybe number 13 gives him a chance, Tyler Scott. Maybe he gives him a chance next year to come back and be productive. But he's I'd check his vision, first thing I would do. I'd put him through an eye test and eye exam to make sure he's tracking the football. You can see. Uh, The second thing I would do is teach him not to leave the ground. You don't have to leave the ground to make plays. Keep your feet on the ground. You don't have to catch the ball in your bread basket. You can catch it with your hands above your head and secure the football, get two feet down. So those were the two things I do for him. But, you know, besides his drafting of the wide receivers, I, I think he's he's done a decent job. But he had to be willing to blow it up. He had to be willing to take the criticism. He had to be willing to take the criticism from all the Roquan Smith fans that are out there. And that's fine. If you've got a plan and you've got to do it, you know what it takes to execute that plan. He's gone about the business of doing it. So good for him. It hasn't been perfect, but it's been pretty darn good. Yeah, I mean, you, I think the fact that you've opened up, you've been top five in cap, top five in the draft in two years, and when you do decide to blow it up, a lot of teams, when they blow it up, right, They because of how quickly you can get back in the NFL, they'll say, well, we can get this player now, big splash move, here we go, now we're back in, we're back in the running, it didn't take us long, two years, we're all in. Ryan's actually doing this very much like, listen, we got to start at the bottom. We've been to the bottom. Now we're building up. Year two, this is working better. Now going into year three, I can add more pieces through the draft and a free agency class that is loaded with talent in multiple positions where if you don't address it in the draft, you can address it in free agency. I'd say this is this is one of the better jobs I've seen a GM do from taking it from the studs back up. Well, I you've got to be willing to go. You got to win bottom. a championship, so you got to yeah. dig yeah. deep. You yeah. got to you got to get a foundation, so you got to dig down before you can build back up. Yeah. So that's the process of what he's doing. So I'm glad he was able to do it, and I'm glad he's been able to pull it off. But now he's got to find the rest of the rest of the stuff. Then the most important decision is the decision on the quarterback. Yeah. 
And that goes with your pro personnel people and it goes with your college personnel people. And it goes with the different scenarios that you can run through. You still got areas on this team that need improvement. So, yeah, we talk about how great that trade was. That trade down was to set him up. Does he do it again? Is is that the way it works? Is that what you do? (laughs) Do you trade your quarterback? Do you get something? Do you say tell people you love your quarterback and and your quarterback is possibility staying? Uh, maybe you work it where you can get something decent with a first round something or another. Who knows? Time time will tell. Yeah, it's it's a time game. Time will tell. With this much cap space, right? We know we got to pay Eddie ja- or uh, Eddie Jackson, uh, Jalen Johnson. Yep. he's he's the the next man to get his contract. Where are you prioritizing the rest of this money? Uh, receiver. Uh, pass rusher, either from the interior or the defensive end position. So I, I'd actually do pass rusher first. Uh, and again, it's not necessarily free agent money. It's interior, dra- exterior. It's draft picks also. Either one. Okay. I'm either getting a guy from the outside or a guy from the inside, but somebody can get to the quarterback. Did Neil Hunter link to the Bears possibly? Jamie possibly. Fowler There's a likes lot that. of teams. Yeah. A lot of teams that are after Daniel Hunter. A lot of teams are going to pay him. Yeah, and you got to convince him to come here and say. I, I also don't care what Chris Jones says about it. He's going to go for a three-peat next year. <laughs> he may not have a choice. <laughs> Kansas City might say, "Hey, that's great." You think they're going to tag him? Um, no. Thirty. I was going to say thirty-three million. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, oh, you don't. You think they might not bring him back? I don't think they're going to bring him back. Hmm. Not because they don't like him. The price um, tag. Yeah, they'll bring him back on a one-year deal. If he yeah. wants to come back on a one-year deal, they're fine. Then, oh, okay, not a, not an issue. Um, you know, or you sign them to like a five-year deal with the big bonus where you can get out after three years because yeah. odds are at the age of 32, 33 with those knees, and I've seen the braces that he's wearing, that you probably at that point it won't be as an effective player as he once was. So, you know, you've got, a, you've got a game plan for that. But I think Chris Jones, if he came to the Bears, signed a three-year deal. Perfect. I could live with that. Oh, yeah. I love That it. wouldn't be a problem. He also bring a little championship quality to you, knows what it takes to win. Uh, leadership, like when Julius Peppers came here, you know, Julius Peppers was a bonafide pass rusher. Oh, came yeah. in here and legitimized that defensive line, and that's exactly what this guy can do. He can come in here and legitimize that defensive line. Dare I say, he's got more um, brand equity and or like playoff equity than uh, Montez Sweat has. He becomes the leader of your defense the minute he gets here, Chris Jones. Yeah, I don't. Instantaneously. Has Sweat been to the playoffs? I'm trying yeah, to think. I, I can't tell whether he has Washington, or he's not. He's I, only played for Washington. I, I just know that you know, Chris Jones comes here. Yeah. He comes here with, you know, some patches the on the arm. Yeah. Little, little ring action on the hand. Three up and three down with a couple <laughs> medals on his chest. So, yeah, I know that'd be a good thing. So, either one, you spend money there. Uh, I don't think you need to. Do anything with your defensive backfield except get some young depth there, right? Which is nothing wrong with finding somebody that you love in the third, fourth round. Maybe getting some more picks and uh, solidifying those positions for yourself. Receiver, I said, you've got to upgrade your receiver position. Um, I, I think it would be an absolute bonus if you can find yourself a left tackle. Now, I don't know how you're going to do that. You've got to really finagle. Um, you're not going to get Joe Alt no matter where you're at. So. If you trade down, you get Marvin Harrison, you can get the kid from Penn State. So you get your receiver, you get that. Then you made the commitment to Fields, and Fields would be your quarterback then. So Fields, Marvin Harrison, and the kid from Penn State, the left tackle. I mean, I feel like that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's a good setup. Area to look at. 
And then uh, I always say this about the quarterback, and I said it all week. I said, uh, you know, it, it's tough. Do you stick with the devil you know or the devil you don't know? Yeah. So what do you do? I just I, The one area I'd love to see them upgrade, free agency or uh, um, through the draft, or both, right? I think you might need to do both is that center position. To me, oh, trade, yeah, down, a, trade down nine, maybe get Jackson Powers 20 somewhere oh, in there. Oh, no, he, for, there won't be a, a center at first round. There will not be a center draft in the first round. You they're think not, Jackson Powers falls out the first they're, round? They're not good enough. They're not good enough. Mm. You can go through years, last 20 years, I bet you find 10 years that a center didn't go in the first round. Right. Yeah, Marcus Pouncey, you can name the centers that go in the first round. That's how few there are. Right, right. Um, you know, you can you can pick them out and say, okay, this guy, Green Bay found a guy that didn't even get drafted in, in Lindsay. You know, they found a guy that wasn't drafted, came in there, played center. So centers don't go high unless they're absolute studs. I think that's that's where he's slated right now. You think he ends up falling no, by the time we actually out. gets to people can slate the- wherever they want. <laughs> it won't be. I promise. That's you. why Mel Kiefer I, gets a six point oh, a seven point oh black draft. Right. That's why they keep going over and over again. I can promise you, nobody's taking a center in the first round this year. Mm. All right. Well, you looked at the overall grades on the guys, too. And maybe right. the combine, some guy runs a 4 seven forty, right. and it changes people's minds. But I think the kid out of Texas A&M is the only guy that's got sub-five speed out there. And then, so big deal. So they can't run 40 yards. I never ask a center to run 40 yeah, yards anyway. Scary. I want a mobile center. So I'll see if a kid can get me a 20, you know, what a 20 time is or a 20 shuttle time is. Let me see the guy move left and right. Let me see how quick his feet is. Just because he doesn't have his third or fourth gear doesn't mean that he can't be a fantastic center in the middle. So, yeah, I. but there's nobody – usually what you get is you get a guy that comes out and he runs a 4-8, you know, and he's got 32 reps on the bench, yeah. and the guy's got a vert, and he's got a, 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 a broad jump. He can jump out of a swimming pool. A broad pool, jump, yeah. Well, I, I never <laughs> – just give me a broad jump. That's all I need. I can compare numbers, comparable numbers. I don't need anybody jumping out, jumping out of pools. <laughs> Jump out of a pool of castor oil. Let me see you do that. Oh, hey now, yeah. wait a minute. Well, castor oil is a little thicker, more viscous. It'll it, it'll hold you, so you can jump out of a pool of castor oil. Good luck to you. That's, that's a tough day, though. Yeah. Pool of castor oil. Wow. It's tough to even get that made. Sorry, I just ugh. Yeah. I, that was bad memories right there. My grandfather gave us a a spoon of castor oil and a spoon of cod liver oil whenever we got sick. Yeah, yeah. Well, we weren't sick it. the next day. No, well, we were good. You were empty. <laughs> yeah, we were. Oh, we were empty. You're, you guys were empty. The and next then he'd day. be like, "All right, we're going to the store." Like, no, we can't leave. We yeah. can't leave now. Um, when you talk about bringing a pass rusher in, you just took Javon Dexter last year, second overall. Yep. Uh, or second round, I should say. Um, that's a high pick. That's somebody you expect to have an impact. Is right. there a worry for you that if you bring in a Chris Jones or a Justin Metabike, it stunts the growth that no. he's able to have? No. His growth is independent of anybody that comes in here. He's got to prove during the practices, during the offseason, during the weight room work. That's where he proves himself and puts himself in a position uh, to be able to claim a starting spot. Remember, right. there's two defensive tackle spots. Yes. So if you bring someone in, there's another one that's wide open. And most of the times you're nickel and dime anyway. I'd say 60% of the time you're nickel and dime. So you're going to be there with your ears pinned back going after the quarterback no yeah. matter what. So I, I don't think bringing a veteran guy in uh, would hurt the development of anybody because the development happens outside of games. Yeah, That's where the real development happens. Then you put yourself in a position where you go prove it on the field. And uh, as long as that you don't get too tackles in here in the interior and you leave one spot open then somebody's got to go claim that one spot i don't think it's going to be 93 
I don't think it's going to be big 97, especially when it comes to second and third down. Yeah. I think it'll be your pass rushing guy in the six, six, you know, 310 pound, uh, big fella. Dexter's going to have his chance and his opportunity to claim whatever he wants to claim. And then the other kid, they got Zach Pickens. Zach Pickens. Yep. Yeah. And that's Zach too. Hey, you got to have a good off season. I thought he was ahead of Dexter, but by the end of the year, I think Dexter had caught up and maybe even surpassed They were neck and neck a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So, no, I don't think it closes down anything. If anything, it'll give them another somebody to look at and how they go about the business being a professional. <laughs> somebody who actually is in there and has done this and can teach right. him maybe. Right. The, the one part that did crack me up was he was like, when he was learning pass rush moves from Unique and Gakwe, and I was like, how does that help you in the middle? <laughs> Well, there is a little bit of room. I mean, things are a lot tighter and people get in the way a little bit more at the three technique. But if you start out at a wide three and you get a little slide left, uh, you know, you can have some areas in there that open up. It, you know, the hardest part to teach a young player is to work the edges. Right. You know, you've got to work edges when you're rushing the pass. You can't work through the middle of the body. And, you know, you make your commitment to one side and then work to the other side. And then keep things, once you work the edge, then you got to keep it tight. That way you can get by them once you beat them. Because nothing worse than seeing somebody beat a guy, take an extra step, that guy opens up, comes back, and has a hand on a hip, and ends up riding you by the quarterback. Because the quarterback sees you, he sidesteps you, he climbs the pocket, and now you're past the quarterback, not even affecting his vision. So, um, you know, there's just certain things that, that need to be learned, and, you know, hopefully uh, he will. He'll learn it. Is there... An advantage and and is is life made easier when you have two elite edge rushers on each side? We already have Sweat, who's really really good. If you were to bring in a Daniel Hunter or somebody that could press, oh, that wouldn't edge, bother me either. Does, you know, does if that you've make, got if you've got faith in the kids, yeah, that you have in the interior, and you think they're going to be able to develop, and you got a D line coach that's going to be able to take them from the point they're at to another point, you want to bring Daniel Hunter in. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Does that I, make, does I, that I like guys coming off the corner. Learning in the middle easier when you know you got that pressure outside, or is it? No, it doesn't mitigate. No, anything. no. What it what it do what it does is try to make you more cognizant in the middle that you can't go hell bent for election, getting too far out of whack because there's nothing worse than having guys coming off the corner and then all of a sudden there's a big gap in the middle and the guys rushing for twenty five yards, right. which is my nightmare if they let go of Justin Fields. My nightmare is that you play Justin Fields and he rushes for like 110 yards and throws for 220 because he's capable of a 220, 250 day. Yeah. You know, rushes for two touchdowns, throws for two touchdowns, and the B, he comes back and he beats the Bears. I never had that fear with Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> no, me neither. I'm never had lie. that fear. That Mitch, <laughs> I'm not I was lie. never I afraid if Mitch Trubisky was the quarterback. <laughs> he had done it in a preseason game. Who right. cares? I don't, you know, I don't care about uh, winning or losing preseason games. I just care about the effort and as long as you're going to get some work in. The result doesn't matter to me. The work, get the work in, get the repetitions in. Uh, if you make mistakes, uh, let's f figure out the process that we correct the mistakes and that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, that's what the preseason is there for. It's there to wear the body out and then you got to recover and wear the body out. It's to get the soreness in, to get the legs sore, to get the legs back, to get in there and get yourself hardened for the season. Well, that's that's the first what you're three there games for. of the season now. now right. That's, that's how well, it. <laughs> it's unfortunate. Some teams yeah. treat it that way. Baltimore doesn't treat it that way. Baltimore, the Chiefs didn't. <laughs> yeah, you treat the preseason like it's important because it is important. Yeah. Because even though the Chiefs lost their first game, they never panic. 
they, 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 they don't panic. They didn't have the year that they were supposed to have this year. They went 11 and 6. Yeah. That's not Kansas City Chiefs football. First game, Detroit, right? Yeah, first game against Detroit. Yeah, they, they also lost. didn't have Chris Jones out there, I believe. Chris Jones <laughs> wasn't there. Two, two guys weren't there. Uh, Chris Jones. And Kelsey and, was hurt. I was going to say, Kelsey yeah, wasn't there Kelsey either. was hurt. Uh, was yeah, the, so the Detroit won. And, but I like the way the Bears play Detroit. Am I wrong, or do you, do we watch the Detroit games no, the last couple I, I of years? And even though yeah. you know in Detroit they got their asses kicked, they lost two games in a horrific fashion. I still like the way the Bears play them. Yes, and if they're going to be the creme de la creme in the division, they're there. We're going to get better. They've got to start making decisions here because they're about a year or two ahead of us. Now they're going to have to start making decisions on who to pay. Well, good for you. You figure out how you're going to pay everybody. We're behind you. We're coming up. The team that concerns me though. It's Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. Oof. There was supposed to be a little bit of a comeback, Oof. and there was no comeback whatsoever. I'm I'm a little bit concerned. Yeah, they you know. they they came out and they they came out ready, and and you had the system in place. Jordan's been in the system. Yep. I think I think there wasn't enough credit given to Matt Lafleur because Aaron Rodgers was there, and now you see with Jordan Love how he adjusted his game plan to. Jordan loves strengths. And it's like, oh, he's a Shanahan type of guy. He's a guy that knows how to develop a quarterback and adjust to the quarterback and allow the quarterback to make mistakes and keep him confident. All right, that's what we're doing. Like, I'm I'm more scared of the coach in Green Bay than I am of Jordan Love himself. Right, well, I mean, but you look at their team. They're the youngest team in the NFL. Yes. Um, you look at them, and they're, what, what are they talking about? Aaron, Aaron, they're talking about Aaron Jones right now as a, a guy that might become a cap casualty yep. out there. Well, guess what? Running backs become cap casualties. <laughs> Dobbins, right? Isn't that who's oh, up yeah, there? JK is it Dobbins, or who is it up there? Uh, or is Dobbins in Baltimore? Dobbins in Baltimore. You're who's about, the other guy uh, that Aaron they, Jones and, and uh, Romeo Dobbs? No, no not Romeo. Romeo Dobbs talking about the uh, running back. Uh, why can't I think? T.J. Dillon, something. A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon. Right. We got there. So they have two high-paid running. What? What the hell are you doing? Who's paying their players up there? Keep paying your running backs. Pay them a lot of money. That way you're losing it. But Bakhtiari is going to be gone too. But David Bakhtiari is basically been gone for the last two years. <laughs> Bakhtiari. Yeah, Bakhtiari is just, I mean. I remember we talked to Rob Domofsky, and I was yeah. like, is there a concern that Bakhtiari's hurt coming into this game? And he was like, Bakhtiari hasn't participated in yeah. a preseason activity in three years. This right. is just who he is. He will be there on the first but he game. Will, right. He He's, will play. But he was there the first game. He didn't play the rest of the year. Yeah. So, you know, they obviously have to say goodbye to Bakhtiari, yeah. and they have to go about refueling that that tackle position or getting some more depth for that that offensive line, Aaron Jones. So, I mean, they've got some problems. I think their cap relief comes next year. Yeah, That's when they get a ton of cap relief. So, we'll see. When you, when you hear the conversation on speaking cap-wise, right, I would rather reset the quarterback clock then pay Justin Fields, even if he does go somewhere else and be good. What do you think about that conversation? Well, that, that make, listen, that makes sense. Yeah, You can do that. You can reset your quarterback clock, but is this team ready to win three years from now or four years from now, or are they ready to win? I think this defense is ready to win up, next year. You're coming up into your first year of where, okay, we're going we're gonna to try to find a way to win because, believe it or not, Jalen, you're going to have to pay, right? Yep. You're getting your third year of Brisker. Yes. Again, in your third year, right? Yes. So money's coming. It's, it's the money's down. coming. And you can't spend, you can't have a, a, a $80 million defense backfield. That don't work. That's why you got to get young players in yes. here to be able to replace guys that are going to get paid a lot of money. 
But if you could replicate it with a younger player, then you've got to let him go or you've got to the best case scenario is rather than letting a guy go is trading a guy and getting something back for him. So, yeah, and, I, always, and- I always put that out there, you know. Uh, I, Jalen Johnson's a hell of a player, but what do you have in number 32? He won't finish his contract here. Yeah, but I'm I saying think you pay right. him, but I don't think he finishes his contract. Right. But what do you have in number 32? Yeah. You know, that's that's what I start thinking. And then you got to be cautious because if Jalen Johnson's not going to finish contract here and you plan on moving him for somebody, then you've got to be careful on how much or what kind of a signing bonus you get him. You know, and then you, you maybe you make bonuses in the future guaranteed that way the team has like a roster bonus the team that acquires them has to yeah yeah Pick, if you're on the roster on this day you get it but it's that day it's guaranteed that you're going to get it on this day whatever team that you're with uh, yeah but i mean i'm i listen i like jalen johnson there's no part about it, it. and it. i'd love to have him for at least the next two years yeah. but i want to be flexible enough to where um, if I can, I got a young player that's ready to go, I can move off of him. Also. DB seems to be Ryan Pohl's strength. I mean, Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisk, yeah. Tyreek Stevenson, or, or, Terrell Smith in spot starts last year. Ryan really Pohl's, good. or he's got somebody that he trusts. Yes. He's got somebody that he trusts can really recruit uh, recruit defensive backs. But, yeah, I'd say that'd be an area of strength. Though. Yeah, he's he's dominating out there. It's, it's funny because like, I feel like in most Bears fans' minds, we, they, we believe that he's got to get this year right, and then that's it. No, he's got to make sure that the future's right as well because then guys start making money. That's when it gets tough, right? The Legion of Boom was the Legion of Boom until you had to start paying everybody right. on the Legion of Boom. And then you started saying thank you for the effort. I think the first guy was the safety that I don't uh, believe in. Richard Sherman, right? What, no, what Sherman wasn't the first to leave. No, it was, uh, it was the safety. One of the safeties was the first guy to leave. They had to say goodbye. Uh, we know his name, Cam Chancellor. Cam Chancellor, yes. There you go. Yes, uh, Broncos, right? Went yeah. to the Broncos, I believe. See, I'm telling you, yeah. they had to start breaking. Once they paid the quarterback, yeah. once the quarterback gets paid, you make sacrifices everywhere else. When Joe Flacco got paid, what happened? Well, they had to, they had to <laughs> sacrifice. No, uh, oh, uh, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. Bolden. I went Joe yeah, Burrow. No, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. Bolden. Joe Flacco. What happened yes. to Bolden? He yeah. had to go. Yeah. Ray Lewis retired. Yeah. Right. All of a sudden, you were making sacrifices everywhere else. And then what? You didn't have the same team. Why didn't you have the same team? Because you didn't have the same players. <laughs> and Joe Flacco wasn't. And Joe good. Flacco. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, Joe Flacco was, you know, above average, probably um, Kirk Cousins like. But without the 5,000 yeah, season. Yeah. He didn't have a 5,000-yard season. So he's Kirk Cousins without the 5,000-yard season. That's that's Kirk Cousins, though. That's the whole, that's the whole that's the Right. Other, yeah. Right. I think Kirk Cousins had a 5,000-yard season. I believe you're right, yes. But, but so did Jameis Winston. So what does that mean? <laughs> right? 32 touchdowns, yeah, 30 yeah. interceptions for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So 30 for 30. And that's when they got Brady. They said, listen, all we need a guy is that, we, that can't Kirk turn the ball has over. Kirk not 49 no. 17 is the most with the commanders. And what did Joe Flacco have? What's the most that Joe Flacco ever had? Let's look at old uh slinging old Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. I remember my favorite thing. Uh, he had Joe a great Flacco. playoff record. Joe Flacco had a great playoff record. You want it? You ready for this? Yeah. Joe Flacco has only had one season over 4,000 right. yards. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. He's not even Kirk Cousins. Yeah. So we'd have to put him somewhere else. 240. Well, yeah. when you've got to pay your quarterback, that's when you got problems. Jay so. Cutler? Huh? Jay Cutler? Never had a 4,000-yard season. I'm just saying, like, it, most of this oh, looks I'm very saying Cutler-like. You're comparing him to Cutler. I'm, I saying, I'm saying comparing him to you. Cutler. If you put him in pro football focus, Joe Flacco, it'll go down to the bottom and it'll give you names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, if you're Joe Flacco who played in the 2000s and you go down and you see Bob Greasy down there. <laughs> 
you, that's not who you want to be compared to because the stats come up like or, or Terry Bradshaw. Not because you're a Hall of Famer with the asterisk, but because you're not throwing for what you need <laughs> Terry, to be throwing. If, if Terry Bradshaw pops up, I'm yeah. not gonna lie. We just yeah. let's let's keep updating the standards because when want. people talk about Bradshaw, I'm just like I didn't get to see him and I only really see the highlights. Like, but these numbers aren't good. We know that, right? Like, this is not a good quarterback. But he won. Well, back in the day it was a good quarterback. Back in the day it was because a good they didn't throw the ball at all back then. Well, what was it? And when they did, the completion percentage was only fifty two because they were running routes way downfield. What was impressive that he said that they really caught me by surprise. He said, we didn't have offensive coordinators. I called the game. Yeah. I was the quarterback. Yeah. He's like, I, I would have been offended if somebody you walked did, in there and told right. me what to do in my own. You, you got a philosophy is what yeah. they gave you. They gave you their philosophy, what they like, what they're looking for. And then you as a quarterback had the chance. You know, you didn't see the play calling things. Yeah. Like, he said, I didn't have a bracelet. Nobody, he said, nobody, he said yeah. you know how like at the turkey bowl, you like yeah. draw it on the football. That was real. <laughs> so I, it's it's football's a, an amazing game. And, and the evolutions that it's gone through have been amazing, especially at the passing uh, position. And, and a lot position. of what's happening in the passing thing, too, is that the, the, the a little bit of can't the, kill anyone anymore. the guys crossing, <laughs> picking guys off, yeah, yeah, yeah. the illegal picks. I saw Travis Kelsey throw two illegal picks in the game. They didn't care. It's Travis Kelsey. He's, Do whatever right. he wants. He's running his route, but also yeah. he's killing a guy they on didn't, the way. They didn't want Taylor Swift to get upset in the box, <laughs> so they didn't want to call a penalty on uh, uh on Kelsey, Kelsey, on yeah, Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. So, yeah, but right, listen, tried to kill out. Andy Reid though. Yeah. That was crazy. That was 25, crazy. 22, I had five and two in a square, just the opposite way. Ah. I saw those numbers and I said, "This is absolute crap." <laughs> when I saw my numbers, I'm like, "Oh my god, not a chance in hell." It's the only chance in hell I had. Yeah, <laughs> that was so, that was the only chance. Yeah. <laughs> it was in hell. seven pulls. <laughs> <laughs> no good. No good. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love to another episode of Chicago Bears podcast. Stay tuned in with Yurk. He'll be over on Carmen and Yurko this week. What's going on down there with the golf grip? Golf grip. Okay. I got nervous, dog. <laughs> be careful, Yurk. Well, the golf grip and the other grip are <laughs> hey, two listen, different things. I mean, if you those got are, it, you got it. You those I mean? are two different styles of grips, guys. Y'all stay safe out there, Chicago Bear time. Peace.